Bumps again to the sideline. Batted up. Oh, God! Stokely down the sideline! Can they catch him? Stokely! Wow! He broke his ankles! Now he's got an entourage! This is caught! Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs! And now Brown is off to the races! Hurdles kicks him in! And a flag is thrown! That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. I tell you what, that was a great call on your part. <laughs> that was a great call. And the game is over! Oh, the game is oh, over! Oh, the oh, Philadelphia oh, Eagles oh, are Super Bowl oh, champions! Oh, Eagles fans oh, everywhere, this is for you! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broad Street Burner podcast and Rubes. We've been uh, we've been recording this podcast for a little bit over a year now, and at this point, we've seen the Phillies blow it in the playoffs twice, and we've seen the Eagles blow a Super Bowl. So that's a World Series blown, an NLCS blown, and a Super Bowl blown, all in the span of basically a year. Are, are we the problem? No, I think... We're part of the solution, and I'll tell you why. Because I don't think there were any teams losing that deep into the playoffs before we started this podcast. But once we started the podcast, the teams are starting to make playoff runs into the the, the championships, the World Series, you know, uh, of the worlds. So uh, we're part of the solution, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I wasn't going to bring up the Phillies. We talked about if we wanted to bring it up before. I was going to just mention how the Eagles won on Sunday night and just say, <laughs> "Yeah, it was a great week in sports. Nothing else happened." But what what a brutal way to go out uh, losing the last two games. I was at Game Six in person. I was there two and a half hours before the first pitch, waiting there. We were cheering in the beginning. They basically gave us nothing to cheer about the whole time. We were trying. But there was nothing we could do. They played like trash. Lose game six. Go home sad. We're thinking game seven. Here we go. Here we go. Decent start to game seven. And then just nothing again. Nothing again. And here we are. Yeah. Rooting for the Eagles only. Here we are. Rooting for the Eagles only. And and really, that's all we got at this point with the, uh, with the Sixers and the Flyers. But I guess yesterday and today obviously was tough but I think just like over the past couple years like the heartbreak that we've been through it's like obviously it sucks but like honestly just numb at this point but want to see where like this Phillies loss to the Diamondbacks like ranks for you on the uh the all-time disappointment scale of the recent Philadelphia heartbreaks we've endured over the uh the past couple years here um I mean it's up there I was heartbroken and game six because I was there and then if they would have clinched in game seven I would have been slightly salty uh, so uh, I would say that would have made it it would have made it at 10 but uh, yeah I mean it, it's probably a few points off of 10 like a, in the seven to eight range I would say yeah but this team really had it all going on for the first uh, I would say six games or no eight first eight games of the playoffs um, they had it all going on, and then it just all came tumbling down so quickly. Yeah, unbelievable. I just I can't wrap my head on around it. And even when we were recording last week, I guess I'm like kind of glad the way we, like when we were talking about the Phillies. Like at least we didn't guarantee them to beat the Diamondbacks. We still threw that like potential World Series berth in there, and then just like sitting here a week later and they're out of the playoffs, losing to the Diamondbacks is just. Just crazy to think about. Just crazy to think about. Yeah. And I guess because... An 84-win diamond. An 84-win team. team. And then I guess like for Philly in general, like we've been on a, a great run recently, just like with the Eagles and the Phillies. I don't know if you listened to Bill's episode the other day when he was like, I think he was talking about with Sal, like Philly becoming like the new Boston, like the new sports town where they're like all powerful. And then like two days later, the fucking the, like ultimate jinx on his part. But I guess in yeah. general, like, are we just, are, are Philly, like, are we just losers now? Like we're, we're, what would you describe like Philly as a sports town right now? I would say no. I just think because 
we are the most relevant sports town now um, between the passion and the winning because Boston used to have the passion and the winning. They don't have the winning anymore except for with the Celtics. Bruins had a good year last year, but choked the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, we are like the sports mecca in the United States now. The New, New York, the New Yorks of the world, the LAs of the world, the Chicagos, they're just their teams aren't as competitive as ours have been uh, between the Eagles, Sixers, and Phillies the last couple of years. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's interesting. It's just a little bit of a shell shock. But we're not here to be depressed. We're here to talk some no. football. And the yeah, uh, the big bright spot we have is the Eagles coming off a massive win against Miami at the link on Sunday night. Now we're in week eight. 49ers have lost two straight. I mean. We're now that we're we're reaching regate. I think it's like where where things really will start to take shape a bit, and we'll have a better understanding of the contenders versus the pretenders. But I guess, um, not to put you on the spot, but I do want to go through. I want one team that you think is a, a contender that's a little bit under the radar that you think might make a run over the next few weeks into playoff contention, and then I want to hear a pretender from you, a team that's either gotten off to a hot start or is still a big name. Um, not necessarily a Super Bowl contender, but maybe even a, a fringe playoff team that you think it, it, this next couple of weeks they're just going to be down in the dumps and we'll know that they're absolute frauds. Okay, okay. A sleeper team, uh, it feels like Seattle is is becoming that, um, especially because San Fran's has a little hiccup so far uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, lost the last two. Um, so maybe they're a threat to win their division, maybe have a home playoff game uh, with Purdy and concussion protocol too. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, Seattle's, they just have a lot of great uh, talents on their team between the receivers. Uh, Gino can fling it, obviously. Kenneth Walker on the defense. They have Witherspoon, um, Woolen. Is he healthy? I don't even know. But um, Witherspoon, yeah, they just got a lot of beasts on that team. And I I think they were in the playoffs last year. They have the experience. Uh, and I I like them. I like Pete Carroll, too. So that would be my my sleeper contender. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I like that one. I'm between two. Um, pretty typical, I think, classic two for me. It's like one, obviously – I just think with the way the Bengals season has started, like them three and three, and obviously a huge matchup with the 49ers this week. Um, early preview, I, I like the Bengals in that game, but I think they still, they're still just a little bit under the radar and can go on a run here, especially with how bad Buffalo has been. It's like really the only like strong contender you have in the AFC there has been Kansas City. So obviously room to run there. And then another team that just got done playing the 49ers, it's like my Minnesota Vikings are back. we are so bad they are coming for that that wild card spot in the nfc so it's like that game i know we were on san fran but the vikings showed me everything i needed to see i know the vikings they really made a bad game six performance by the eagles a lot better um they they balled out um and not only that they concussed brock purdy so that's another bonus Um, without justin jefferson yeah, on the touch push, the irony is insane. But yeah, Vikings, maybe maybe they're back. But maybe they're back. I mean, I just Kirk Cousins last season with Minnesota, he's up for a contract year. Like obviously, I mean they they said a couple weeks ago that they're not going to trade him. He's gonna uh, he he's always going to play his ass off. So it's like that factor. Jordan Addison has been fantastic. Um, yep. A great surprise One of there. My few fantasy brights. Yeah, <laughs> even with with Justin Jefferson out, he's like established himself as a top guy. And then you you'll eventually have J- Jefferson coming back in the season. And just with how bad the division is, like I I just think they still have a, a little bit of a shot at that wild card spot. So definitely like Minnesota. Can't wait for them to probably get like smoked this week by Green Bay. But just after that win against the Forty ers I, I got to go with Kirk and, and the Vikings. Yeah, one playoff team uh, that I think may have a slip-up coming up or a potential playoff team is Atlanta. I still don't believe in them at all. And another one's the Rams. Um, the Rams have been playing good ball, but uh, and they have good quarterback play, which is, which is obviously key, way better than Atlanta. But I just don't think either of these teams are legitimate contenders. Um, Atlanta definitely, definitely not. The Rams won the Super Bowl two years ago, but uh, I don't see either of these teams as legitimate threats, and I could see either of them missing the playoffs pretty easily. Yeah, I, I like that one. Um, Atlanta is interesting. I mean, that division is, is will only so favor bad. them 
Um, so bad. But for my sleeper, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I'm in between a couple teams. I just think everyone else in the AFC North just seems interesting to me. It's like, obviously, Baltimore has looked really good. Um, yeah. I'm not completely sold on them. Obviously, I still think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're due for a little bit of a bumpy road soon. And then just like, even with what's going on with Cleveland and their strong defense, it's like, this Deshaun Watson situation is getting weird and him not playing. Obviously, you have PJ in there, but like, I don't know, like, legitimately how far PJ can take you if you're going to be starting him, you know, a couple more games after this. And then, like, Pittsburgh as well. Like, that play calling is still bad and that offense is just still so questionable. It's like, can't, can you trust these teams? So I think my pick, it would just be the AFC North. <laughs> the whole AFC, <laughs> the whole North. AFC North, apart from Cincinnati. Are contenders or are not? Pretenders. Pretenders. Okay. Okay. Oh, but you don't think Cincinnati's a pretender? No, they're a contender. Oh, oh yeah. all right. We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. All right. But let's. I guess we can go to our first game. Um, so we got Thursday night football tomorrow night. Al Michael's been facing some heat in these games, so we'll call it the melatonin game. Um, Tampa's going up to Buffalo. Uh, the spread's eight and a half. I think you can guess which team's favorite. Um Tampa's plus 350 as an underdog, and the total's 42.5. I'm not betting on this Thursday night game. We, uh, I think we were both on New Orleans last we week were. Uh, for that game. Both got it wrong. We both actually had our first negative week last week. Um, so not not good but uh, for the betting-wise. But, yeah, why do you like Tampa? I'm just, uh, with these Thursday night games, briefly mentioned this last week, but I'm just going backdoor cover hunting. Like, I think these Thursday night games are a great spot for that. Like, have come close the past couple weeks. Um, But, like you said, both of these teams are descending, and Buffalo has just been questionable. And I want to talk a little bit more about Buffalo here. It's, like, kind of, like, where the problem is. I think there's a handful of different ways you can point the finger as to why they haven't been, you know, what they were expected to be. Really, one of these top teams. Like, what, they're, like, 4-3 and right now, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously not good, and then the huge injuries on the defensive side have really hurt them. But it's not like that offense have done them any wonders. We I talked we talked about this a little bit last year. It's I just don't understand how the Bills have been like this for the past couple seasons, and it just seems like Sean McDermott gets no type of hate. Yeah, they're it also they just never have had a good run game. Like they just don't can't figure out how to get a good running back and a creative run game involved. It's and it's just always on Josh Allen. He's not as uh, precise as he used to be. He's throwing it all over the place. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I th- I have a take. I think Buffalo and Josh Allen is has taken the cake from Baltimore and Lamar Jackson as the we-need-to-see-it-in-the-playoffs guy and team. Yeah, 100%. And Because, I mean, he only went to that one overtime with Mahomes in the divisional round. He went lost in a championship game. But that overtime game against Mahomes was a divisional round, and he, they just haven't been the same since. They haven't, and you can argue that their window has just gotten like smaller and smaller since that point, but I 100% agree with you. Like We've talked about Buffalo a ton and them being frauds and Josh Allen not really being that guy. It's like we really haven't seen it yet, but said this last year, they should have fired McDermott in the offseason, and they should have been the team that got Sean Payton. Like, I want to die on that hill. Oh. I just want to oh. die on that hill. Yeah, because he's really good. It's situational, though. <laughs> it is so situational. Like, you put that coach into that, like, scenario with a great quarterback. Playing like, Nathaniel Hackett twice in a year. <laughs> Playing Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, yeah, literally. That would have literally been a, a fucking war. A fucking war. And I, he would have been much more quiet. Make, or Sean Payton would have been much more quiet in the offseason if he just would have been with the Bills. And I just think it would have been a nice, fresh start for them. Um, this McDermott shit is not working. It is not okay. working. But All right. to get back Superstar to the- Sean Payton to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, back to the uh, the main point here. It's like, yeah, backdoor cover hunting with, with Tampa Bay. Um, obviously, two spiraling teams a little bit here i think obviously buffalo wins this game but i am just foreseeing a little bit of a backdoor cover action with that eight and a half so riding with my nfc south tampa bay buccaneers 
All right. Sounds good. And everyone, take the night off from the melatonin. Just listen to Al Michaels put you to sleep tomorrow night. Yeah, he's done uh, after this season. <laughs> yeah. I think he's seen enough <laughs> enough uh, backup quarterbacks play on Thursday night. He's done. Do you think there's any opportunity for him just to, like, snap one of these games and just, like, go ballistic or berserk and just say some, like, out-of-pocket <laughs> shit? <laughs> yeah, he's just, yeah. I'm fucking tired of this shit. Yeah, well, let's let's take a peek uh, at the Thursday night football schedule. Hold on, I'll, I'll I'm doing some googling here. We need like podcasting. I'm trying to think of what would be a matchup that could really send him over the edge. Let's see. Let's see what can make him absolutely snap. All right. So Tampa at Buffalo this week. Next week, some bad offense coming next week. Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Interesting. Oh, week 10. This one's bad. And he's already had one of these teams this year. Carolina at Chicago. Oh, there we go. Perfect. That Perfect. is rough. That's the game he that, fucking snaps. That's really rough. I mean, he already called Chicago Washington. They give him <laughs> Chicago again. Like, that's just absurd. That's brutal for Al Michaels. He, yeah, he might lose it that game. That might be the retirement game. Tyson Badgett facing Bryce Young. (laughs) Who are these guys? Fucking middle school kids playing on the playground? Look like it. All right. Well, (laughs) we'll see what happens tomorrow. Hopefully, Josh Allen will make some exciting plays. I don't think Al Michaels will get too excited no matter what he sees out there, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, On to Sunday, 1 o'clock slate. First game, our Eagles going down to D.C. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. DC, um, the Commanders are plus two forty, and the total is forty three and a half. Eagles coming off a big win. What were you, what do you think about Sunday night? I mean, just a a great game. I thought, even though there were a couple mistakes in that game from Hertz, it's just like other than that, I still thought it was a great game. Like, got the job done. Like, absolutely controlled Miami on offense, which frankly I didn't expect much. So, just absolutely love that the performance out of the defense, and just shout out to AJ Brown. Like absolute dog, the streak that he's been on the the past five weeks or whatever it's been has just just been insane. You think you think AJ Brown's better than To? As an Eagle, that year that To had as an Eagle was. I mean, but AJ Brown last year was like he was like that similar. I think To might have had around fifteen touchdowns or something. Yeah, something crazy. But it's just yeah. like with the performance AJ Brown has had over the the past couple weeks here, it's just like I feel like he's still not getting that respect as like a top three guy. Yeah, it's just I don't know what it is. I guess it's be there's nothing he's special at. Like Tyree Kill's got speed, Justin Jefferson's making crazy catches. He just does AJ Brown does a little bit of everything. Um, so I think maybe that's why, um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand it either. Um, maybe it's because he doesn't have a flashing pocket passing quarterback. So you don't really know when it's going to come, where it's going to come, but yeah, he's unreal. He's absolutely unreal. He's five weeks in a row with one twenty five is absurd. That is absurd. And after he complained, yeah, all he had to do was fucking <laughs> scream at Hertz on the sidelines. Yeah. And now he's putting it's up record Hertz numbers. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, and Hertz Hertz played well against Miami too, apart from the two turnovers that we mentioned. But any uh, any worries from you with the the limp and that potential knee injury? Um, not as long as he's playing. I don't I don't worry about him aggravating anything worse than it is. Um, I just think you know it was probably some freak thing. Hertz doesn't get hurt too often. He might miss a game or two a year, but I'm feeling good, especially since Brock Purdy has a. Is in concussion protocol. <laughs> yeah, I, so I'm, it could be worse. I'm feeling good too, and I think a lot of it has to attribute with the Phillies being done now. It's like all my attention yeah. is back on the Eagles, so it's like yeah. have to put that blind optimism into something. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously had the huge trade this week too with yeah, how he just Byard. fucking strengthening us up at the the <laughs> All Phillies ties are. T- are cut They're gone hopefully they don't trade uh dre swift but in case the listeners haven't seen it terrell Edmonds and dre swift went to a phillies game and there was audio of them talking about the game they were loving it and then a week later terrell Edmonds is just getting sent down to tennessee that's why how is the goat he's always 10 steps ahead he knew the phillies were gonna blow that shit and he was just like i'm getting any type of bad juju related to this <laughs> phillies loss out the fucking locker room 
Yeah, that's why Swift didn't get too many touches last game. No touchdowns. Yeah, he was yeah. in he was in trouble for the uh, for the Philly juju. But getting to this matchup with with Philly and Washington, um, still absolutely love this spot for the Eagles here. Even though they're coming off of that big week against Miami, um, also feels like I mean they did just play Washington very recently. Was that two weeks ago? Um, mm-hmm. Three weeks ago at this point. Three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but Washington has not looked good over the past few weeks. They cannot keep Sam Howe protected. Um, I think it was Jonathan Allen, their their defensive tackle, like snapped after after last yeah, game, like something along the lines of "I'm I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of fucking losing for seven years. I'm fucking sick of this shit." Obviously, something like that. Hate to see that, but this is in my mind as the uh, the Ron Rivera fire game. I just think his time in Washington has really come to an end, and one thing that could really speed up along that process is a blowout loss to the Eagles at home. Um, Mag- Magic Johnson would not be happy about that. And I was going to say, how do you think a firing by Magic Johnson would go? Live on Twitter. It's just going to be like <laughs> the Washington Commanders have relieved, relieved head coach Ron Rivera of his duties. Just didn't didn't make great plays on offense or defense. Him firing would be in- <laughs> probably the craziest thing because he quit the Lakers while he was just getting interviewed. He's <laughs> yeah. just like... They were just asking about the GM. He's like, I'm not the GM no more. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's not my fucking problem. <laughs> nope, that's not me. And, and everyone's like, what? You're not the GM of the Lakers? He's like, no, nope. <laughs> that's what he's going to say to Rivera. He's like, you're not the coach anymore. Nope, nope, and, nope, not the coach. And he would just love to have his his twin, Eric Bieniemy as head coach. So interim head coach. So I just think that's a little bit on the horizon. And if you remember last year, the, the commanders played the Eagles well at home in their second game. But in that first game at Washington, the Eagles beat the shit out of them. I think we're going to get something similar like that here. It's like when these two teams play each other, one's going to be close. And I think one's going to be a blowout. So I think defense will settle in this time compared to last time. The offense looked great the last time we played them. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I, I like the Eagles handedly here in this one, and I'm surprised that you're not on it either. Yeah, I I don't know. Young and uh, Sweat might get traded too for Washington, so uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But yeah, I don't know. I don't like taking the Eagles when they're uh, big favorites usually but so far this season i have bet on the eagles every time they've covered and i have not bet on them anytime they haven't covered Mm, shit i might have to change my pick (laughs) so i'm just i'm just laying off i'm just laying off all right um next game we'll move on to uh jacksonville going to pittsburgh pittsburgh's a two and a half point road underdog they're plus 128 and the total is 41 and a half you have a pick here. I do not. Both these teams, uh, I would say, trending in the right direction, um, both coming off wins. Uh, why do you like Pittsburgh? So there's a couple of the picks that I have on here that I, I just need to talk through a little bit, and I'm not sure what side I'm going to be on just yet. But in my mind, like Pittsburgh is just like your stereo- stereotypical like home underdog. Like If they're underdogs, especially at home, you just have to take them. And we've harped on and. I, maybe me more than you, it's just like of Jacksonville not being like super legit yet and still needing to see more from them. I don't know if I'm still in that same mentality with Jacksonville, but it's like they're playing Pittsburgh who you also can't trust. So I'm just in like a little bit of a mental warfare with myself with this one here. But in my mind, I just feel like Pittsburgh as a home underdog, you have to take that. But Jacksonville has been the better team. So it's like, I really do want to take Jacksonville here, but I think Pittsburgh just makes more sense. But the only thing I'm worried about, it's just like, I, you just cannot trust Pittsburgh's offense. Yeah, Pittsburgh's offense is not good, but can Jacksonville win a game where it's going to be a scrappy defensive game um, that's just going to be sloppy and there might be some turnovers and you know TJ Watt might blow up Trevor Lawrence and he might miss a series? Can they survive a game like that? That would tell me a lot about how serious a contender Jacksonville is. Um, and I'm curious to know what you think. Which team do you th- take more seriously as a contender this year? Um, because both are probably in Jacksonville, you can maybe argue as a contender, Pittsburgh's probably on the slightly on the outside looking in. Um, they obviously have a great defense, but which team do you take more seriously as a contender? I would say Jacksonville, um, is a more serious contender, higher ceiling with the offense and the quarterback, right? A hundred percent. And I mean, they were in the playoffs last year and they won a game. So it's like that aspect of it too. And 
like I want to give them an edge because they have Doug Peterson just because like Doug's proven he could do it in the playoffs as well. But you can't really compare him to Tomlin because Tomlin's a better coach, I guess you could yeah. argue. But it's just like yeah. Pittsburgh, like you're right. They do have just such a higher ceiling. I just think Pittsburgh is still like they're still playing against themselves at times. So it's like Jacksonville really has gotten to a point where they're not getting in their own way anymore, which right. we haven't seen from Jacksonville ever. And that's starting to happen. I think that's going to happen more and more as time goes on. Trevor Lawrence gets more comfortable and older. It's just like Pittsburgh. They, they're they still playing against themselves. So I think Kenny is still a big question mark. The offense is a huge yeah. question mark. So it's like you just can't you can't trust that. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Battle of the – First quarterback taken in 2021 and the first quarterback taken in 2022. <laughs> Huge drop-off. Just shows you how, how crazy the QB drop-off can be from draft to draft. But uh, we can move on. Um, we're going uh, to Indianapolis. New Orleans going to Indianapolis. Uh, New Orleans is a one-and-a-half-point uh, road favorite, but basically an even money line here. Totals 43-and-a-half. It was pretty brutal watching Derek Carr on Thursday night. Um, I don't want to see that ever again. That was just terrible. Al Michaels was on suicide watch. Um, so I'm going to bet on him. I'm going to bet on him again. <laughs> um, yeah, they didn't cover last week. I, I figure uh, Indy, I feel like they're an every other week team. New Orleans is an every other week team. Indy showed up last week to cover. They did not win, but um, they scored a ton of points. Minshew won't show up this week. Carr didn't show up last week. He'll show up this week. That's my logic. Yeah, I mean, watching Derek Carr has just been the absolute worst, and there hasn't been any bright spots in some time, but also in my mind, like in the back of my head, like he's due for for a huge game, Um, and obviously like Indy basically won last week. I I, like, can you consider that game against Cleveland a win for them? I, I would. Yeah. Um, I would not just because PJ was playing. <laughs> fair, fair. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. But I like New Orleans here, not enough to take them just because not completely sold and can't take too many NFC South teams, I've learned, as we approach week eight of the season. So I'm going to back off from this one. But I do like your reasoning here with, with New Orleans. All right, yeah, yeah. But I don't have much on that game. It's not really a great matchup. Two pretty boring teams. Neither of them are contenders. Um, On to the Gerber matchup. Uh, Houston at Carolina. Houston's a three-point road favorite. Um, Carolina's plus 138, and the total's 43.5. Got the battle of rookie QBs here, and I'm going to have to rock with C.J. Stroud. Or wait, no, I think I have that wrong. I'm definitely betting on Carolina. I'm, roll, I'm rolling with uh, Bryce Young. I'm going to I'm gonna zag on this one. Okay, I like that. I was going to – I thought you had Houston, so I was going to counter you with some some Panthers points, but it seems like you're already on the, the right side there. Any any specific reason why you think, uh, think Carolina is going to get the job done here? You think they're going to cover or you think they're going to win? I think Carolina will cover. I don't necessarily think they're going to win – going to win but i could definitely see a world where they're where they win this game houston's been playing well but they're still a young team they don't have a ton of talent um they're a lot better than expected but carolina still is looking for their first win and i think this is bryce young super bowl i mean i agree what like cj stroud in this game he's already proven everyone loves cj stroud um the approval ratings through the roof so far and it's the opposite for my short king bryce young so i'm (laughs) betting on him i'm betting on uh on his height and uh i'm taking carolina here and you make a good point about the money line i might take that as well yeah i mean i i like what you bring up and one of the things i was going to bring up is this is a huge game for bryce young and if you don't think he hasn't seen like all the noise about cj stroud being the number one one guy you even have that noise that Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud. So you have that extra fire that's going to be under Bryce Young's ass in this game. And it's it's not like he's a bust. Like he just obviously is going to take a longer time for him to develop into an NFL quarterback than someone like a, a C.J. Stroud, who's in a better situation, obviously. But Bryce still lacking the weapons and unable to really get in that groove. I do like it to come here. I just I just like that storyline of him playing with a little more fire under his ass, like going up against C.J. Stroud. Like, he has an, an opportunity to really prove here why he was the number one pick, and honestly, like, we need to see it. 
Yeah, yeah, no, this is going to be a good game to watch, um, an under-the-radar game. I don't care if Carolina's 0-6. They still have a lot to prove um, because everyone's trying to keep their jobs over there. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, but obviously two teams not contending, so uh, we'll move on. Um, next game, uh, some b- big market teams. We've got the L.A. Rams going to Jerry's World. Uh, the Rams are six-and-a-half-point road underdogs. They're plus 220, and the total's 45. I usually, I feel like I'm on betting on Dallas for whatever reason. This week, I'm not. I'm betting on the Rams. Um, I like the receivers. No Trayvon Diggs in there, obviously. Um, Stafford gets the ball out quick. I like the McVay versus uh, McCarthy matchup all day. Um, so I'm just going to take the points and go with the Rams. Interesting pick here. I just, I still can't get a feel on on the Rams or Dallas. Um, That's why I'm kind of staying away from this one. But this is a very interesting game. Um, And six and a half points is, I think, a decent number here. It does seem big. Um, Maybe more of like a four and a half, but that is a big line. But this is a a big game for Dallas coming off a bye. Like, they really need a statement game. And I don't know if, if the Rams might be their victim here. Yeah, yeah, it it, it could. Um, and now that San Fran's going down, Eagles still only have one loss. Um, so Dallas has a lot to play for, and they got to take care of business every week if they want to keep pace with the Eagles. Um, and it would be good for them to win because the Eagles have a tough stretch coming up after Washington. So um, good luck to them. But I think McVay and the Rams are good enough to at least backdoor cover against Dallas in this spot. Yeah, and another th- – aspect of this game that I like is it's going to give us another read I guess of how we might stack up against Dallas since we we played the Rams and now True. they're playing all the Rams too it'll, it'll be a good gauge since we haven't played Dallas yet of of how we might stack up against them really intrigued to see see what kind of a performance especially coming off the bye that they put up against the Rams yeah absolutely looking forward to that one that'll be another good one at one o'clock uh next game we have is Atlanta at Tennessee um Atlanta's a two-and-a-half point road favorite. Um, Tennessee's plus 126, and the total, 35-and-a-half. Holy shit. <laughs> is, Iowa, is that Iowa-Minnesota? <laughs> um, Atlanta, you know, they won last week. They covered last week. It, they seem like they find a way to win despite Ritter. Um, but uh, we're both on the same side here, and we're fading Ritter. We're both on Tennessee. You tell me why you like Tennessee. So this is kind of the same reasoning as to why I was going with Pittsburgh. It's just like I have to take Tennessee as a, a road dog. One thing that does worry me is I did see earlier in the week that they were going to split between Levis and Willis yeah. in this game, which That'll be fun. that scares the shit out of me. Like, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, but I was on the fence with this one too. It's just because with Atlanta, it's like obviously you don't want to trust them, but it does feel like they just do find a way to get the job done, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But I just think Vrabel is good of good enough of a coach to to kind of sniff out the, the weaknesses from Ritter and, and this Atlanta team. So I, I do like Tennessee in this spot as home underdogs, um, but I am very, very worried about this like two QB split. This is a who's your daddy game. <laughs> that That's what I'm going to call it. This is okay. a who's your daddy game. Tennessee, Atlanta. Um, you may have forgotten, but Arthur Smith was the OC of Tennessee before he got the Atlanta Falcons job. So I think Vrabel takes it to him, shows him who his daddy is, and uh, that's why I like Tennessee. Um, also, who's your daddy game? Derrick Henry. Oh, Who's yeah. your daddy? Bijan. Bijan getting all the hype for the <laughs> running back right now. Derrick Henry's got to show him what's up. Bijan's a bitch. <laughs> for whole game for a fucking headache. I don't even care. I wasn't paying attention to it because he's not on any of my teams. I have Gibbs, who's been like that <laughs> every game, it seems like. Um, so it was nice to see the attention go to Bijan. Yeah, if you're not playing for a non-CTE-related headache, then you're just a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a right. game headache. Yeah, headache? Like, come on, dude. What are you going to tell me? You got a tummy ache next? <laughs> Shit. All right, we'll move on, though, um, <laughs> to the Meadowlands. New York Jets at New York Giants, I guess is what they're calling it. Um, Jets are a three-point favorite. Uh, Giants plus 124, and the total another low one, 36.5. Battle of New York. Who do you like? I like I the – I got to look up who's starting quarterback for the Giants. That was going to be my question if – 
Danny or Tyrod was going to play. But either way, I think I still like the the Jets in this one. Um, obviously, that defense is still rocking and rolling. And I just think that that's going to be too much for whoever is at quarterback for the Giants. So I do like the Jets here. I don't like them enough to, to pick them in this game. But if I had to take one side or the other, I would go with Jets minus three. Okay, so... Daniel Jones still hasn't been cleared for contact. Um, so, and that's six hours ago from Sports Illustrated. So, around noon on Wednesday is the most recent update we have. So, um, something to keep an eye on. Um, Tyrod Taylor, in my opinion, much better than Daniel Jones. Um, also, just saw while looking up this injury report, pretty crazy. But, pat on the back, Tyrod Taylor, first quarterback in the Giants' 99, first black quarterback in the Giants' 99-year history to win a game as a starter. So, nice job, Giants. Way to way to bring, like, not a single black quarterback. I guess Daniel Jones almost counts because he runs around like crazy. Vanilla Vic. <laughs> yeah, Vanilla Vic, uh, Daniel Jones. But, yeah, I don't have a read on this game. I'm not taking it. Um, I just hope Tyrod plays and not Daniel Jones because I hate Daniel Jones. Yeah, I agree. One another reason why I do like the Giants is I'm pretty sure Tyrod is like um like a five five hundred quarterback in his career. I think before last week's game he was like twenty eight twenty eight and one. Obviously won last week, so that would put him you know one one notch in the winner circle. So I think he he ha- if he's starting he loses this game to get back to uh to five hundred and twenty nine okay. twenty nine and one. 29, 29. A little advanced right. analytics there. Nice, nice. All right. Uh, yeah, that'll be an inter- interesting game. Zach Wilson, I mean, we'll see what he does. He's still got they're, – they're in the playoff picture, the Jets. So let's see what happens. Um, all right, down to Miami. New England's going to Miami. Uh, the spread is 9.5. You can guess, guess which one is favored. Uh, New England's plus 360 as the money line, and the total's 46.5. We're on opposite sides here. Um, give me your pitch for New England. So this is another one that I, I kind of just needed to talk through and, and get some some things out there. But obviously Miami, seeing the reports of dealing with a couple injuries, it seems like Tyreek Hill, it's questionable if he's going to play. I saw that Mostert was dealing with like an ankle injury, so I don't think he practiced today. New England coming off basically a Super Bowl victory against the Bills. Um, and then in my mind, like Bill Belichick still has like that little bit of an edge, like, especially with this being a divisional matchup, like I would think in my head that new England can keep this close, but I don't trust new England at all. And I said this last week when I picked new England, I was going to keep picking them until they got me the W and they got me the W last week. So I should just exit off the train and just move on with my life, but I can't seem to do that. And then what has me on the fence here is like, Miami's what's made Miami Miami this season is just like beating the shit out of the bad teams. And what do they have right here in this matchup? They have one of those bad teams. So it's like, obviously Miami does have that, that potential just to, just to blow their doors off, which in my like gut, I want to say, yeah, they're going to do that, but it just still being a divisional matchup and the Patriots coming off that big win and Miami dealing with injuries, it's like I want to lean with New England just because nine and a half points is is a lot of points. But I, I got to hear why you're on Miami. Maybe sway me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they just kicked the shit out of bad teams. I think New England, they didn't play them too, t- or too poorly the first game, so I think Miami will make some corrections and uh, beat the shit out of them this game um, to win by double digits. But uh, if Tyreek's out, that changes things a little bit. But I think Tyreek is a warrior. He'll play. And uh, I would say maybe the blueprint's out on Miami but from the Eagles game and the Bills game. But I do not think that New England has the talent to uh, to produce the blueprint or to execute the blueprint. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think I'm, I'm still going to rock with New England. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to put my faith in into to Mac Jones' hands. All right. Once again. Sounds good. Just glad this game's not on Sunday night and it's at 1 o'clock like last time it was (laughs) on Sunday night. Uh, Next game, Minnesota at Green Bay. NFC North battle here. uh, Basically even. So Minnesota's a minus minus one and a half. The money line's even and the total's 42 and a half. Uh, You don't have a pick here. I do. I like Green Bay. I'm going to zag Kirk. I'm going to zag on Jordan Love despite – 
Green Bay trending in the wrong direction and Jordan Love trending in the wrong direction. Uh, I think Green Bay cleans it up here and beats Minnesota, uh, ends Minnesota's little midseason, early to midseason parade. Um, and rain. I can't believe you said, you're saying this right now. Sorry. It's just slap in the face. I'm sorry. Just slap in the face. But I guess in the in the case of Green Bay, it's like they, they have to show something. Yeah. Um, I mean, like in my opinion, I, I'd like to think of LaFleur as like a pretty good head coach, but yeah. Honestly, not sure if he's doing his guy Jordan Love any favors, but like Jordan Love has been such an interesting quarterback. Had like started off, I guess, like pretty decent, I would say, but I feel like they've really hit a little bit of a plateau. So it's like gotta reinvent the wheel a little bit midseason. And I just I just have no idea what you're gonna get for from either of these teams. Mm-hmm. I'm looking it up. Uh Matt LaFleur says Packers confidence in Jordan Love, not wavering. Nothing says confidence like saying that your confidence is not wavering. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they don't really have too many other options. Um, no. I think their so backup is is, uh, is Sean Clifford. Shout out Trev. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe another – maybe Penn State guy gets in there, just like Will Levis. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. a big guy one time. Um, but yeah, I, I like Green Bay here. It's This is a close your eyes and take it game. That's what I'll call it. I like that. I mean, I feel like that's the majority of, of Green Bay's games so far this season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they just lost to Denver last week, so that shows you what where they are at. I should have taken Denver. I fucking knew it. I just <laughs> like I felt so good about them and just was too much of a fucking coward to take them. You should have taken them. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should take them this week. Fucking for coward. Um, but all right, next game, we're on to the four o'clock slate. We got uh, Cleveland and PJ Walker as the starter again this week, I believe, going to out west to Seattle to face the 12th man. Seattle's a three and a half point favorite at home. Cleveland plus 152, and the total is 38 and a half. We're both on Seattle here. We're fading PJ. Um, why do you like Seattle so much in this game? I mean, I, I, I love Seattle in this spot, but the only thing that I was worried about initially leaning a little more towards Cleveland, just because the, the half point kicker with the three and a half, like this could definitely still be a field goal game. But after thinking about it for a little while longer, it's just like, I I like Seattle here. Cleveland has been, has been really good. Obviously had that scare against Indianapolis last week. Um, Just with having like PJ Walker. I know PJ's our guy, but that magic does have to run out at some point and I, I think it's here. Like a tough environment like Seattle. This is just that perfect four o'clock Seattle home game. Um and I just think this is the game where we're gonna see it a little bit from from Seattle and Gino. And I, I just think this is where they might go on a little bit of a run like kind of you were alluding to earlier in the pod, but I just think this is gonna be a, a really good game for Seattle and I think Cleveland's due for just a, a bit of a letdown here. So just with with PJ at quarterback, him just you know coming in in that situation, I think his his magic wears out in this one. Yeah, and this is another one where it's a uh, common denominator between the the Browns and PJ Walker starting. They beat San Francisco, and now Seattle's playing PJ Walker and the Browns. So Seattle, if they beat them, you know by the associative property, they're better than San Francisco. <laughs> so oh yeah, um, I. I like Seattle in this spot too. I, I just think their offense has a lot of way to attack the elite Cleveland defense, but um, I, I just don't see it. Cleveland can't keep winning these games by prayers every week. So uh, I'm going to roll with Seattle. Yeah. It's just like, maybe I'll bite my tongue by saying this, but it's like, you can't expect that type of game from Miles Garrett every week. Yeah. yeah like he is a great player, sacks, but you can't expect that sacks. fucking performance from last week to happen again. And yeah. that's the re- that literally the reason why they won that game last week. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, Seattle. Every, everyone hop onto the Seattle train with us. On to the next game. Cincinnati at San Francisco. Three and a half point spread. Uh, Cincinnati's the underdog. Uh, they are plus 140 and the total is 43 and a half. Cincinnati's been trending upwards. They're coming off a bye. San Francisco just played on Monday. Purdy and concussion protocol. You're on Cincy, three and a half. Um, you getting in on it early before the uh, line changes or what? I, I is Purdy's officially he's officially donezo, right? No, not officially. He's in concussion protocol, but I don't think any players have exited concussion protocol this year. So, yeah, I mean, 
I like this line at, at three and a half. I just like Cincinnati in this game. Obviously, San Francisco is reeling a little bit, and I'm just like keeping my fingers crossed that they continue to reel. Um, whether it's Purdy or not, I mean, my thinking here, I'm, I'm going to be under the assumption that Sam Darnold's going to play, and I really don't think that's going to be much of a difference from, from Purdy versus Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, it might be a little bit more challenging for, for Cincinnati with game planning for, for Darnold. Yeah. Um, but just like with the, with the injuries, obviously don't know about Purdy, but Debo's still going to be out. Sam Fran's looking like they're going through a little bit of a rut and Cincinnati coming off of bye. Like you can argue this is still more of way more of a must win for, for the Bengals than it is the 49ers. Um, so Definitely. it's just like an, another week to heal for Joe Burrow. I just think they get it rolling here. And then with the points, even though they're in that hostile San Francisco environment, I just, I'm just in my mind thinking that, that we might still see some, some reeling from San Fran. Yeah. Um, so I think it was five and a half this morning when I looked um, and then the news came out and it moved two points. So it's pretty telling what they think of Sam Darnold. They do think he's a two-point step down from Purdy, um, which is interesting. However, it'll, I'll be keeping an eye to see if Darnold is able, assuming he starts, if he's able to cover the spread, the three and a half. If not, then it makes Purdy look good. If he's able to cover his own spread of three and a half, that makes him look like Darnold. If he's able to cover the five and a half, then that would equate to him him being as good as Purdy. So that's my uh, something I'll be keeping an eye on in this game. I don't have a, a take on it, um, but I think if – I do not think Darnold's as good as Purdy, so I would be leaning towards Cincinnati with you, but don't have anything I'm putting in here. It'll be interesting to see, though. It's a measuring stick for Purdy and for Darnold. And for uh, for Shanahan. I mean, right. Shanahan now at this point is just like you can plug anybody into that offense. You've heard – Mac Jones could do damage in that offense. I mean, even coming into this season, there was like still a little of those sprinkle rumors that like Sam Darnold might might be the the guy there. So this is a and a huge game for uh, for Shanahan too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if they do well, they'll be sucking Shanahan's dick even more. Yep. Uh, I hate to hear that, but uh, on to the next game. We are going. To Baltimore, well, we're going to Arizona. Baltimore is going to Arizona, and the spread's eight and a half. Arizona's plus three ten, and total is forty four and a half. Both of us are on the same side here. We're on the shitty Arizona <laughs> Cardinals in the bird matchup. Uh, why? Why are we both taking Arizona? Despite we were right about them. I mean, we talked about them early in the season, how they were losing close, and people were basically awarding them wins for losing close. And we also, I mean, they had one great win against the Cowboys and everything. Things have things have started to fall apart since, and they still only have one win. But uh, I guess, what are we both banking on backdoor cover? Talk me through it. Yeah, I mean, you, you literally just took the words out of my mouth, backdoor cover action, just like a prime spot right here. Um Obviously, just read last week completely wrong. Baltimore ended up just fucking beating the shit out of the Lions. Like, <laughs> god damn it! But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn some lessons from last week. Like, this just seems like a spot when we were discussing Browns Colts last week. I was on the Browns, and you know, even though they were in that like prime letdown spot um, versus versus Indianapolis because they were coming off the big win against San Francisco. Um, Indianapolis ended up playing them super close. So in my mind, I like want to say something similar is going to happen here with Baltimore. It's like they're coming off that absolutely massive win against the Lions. Now people are jumping on a little bit on the Baltimore bandwagon. I just think they come down a little bit back to life here. And obviously last week was an outlier, but the Ravens are just a team that just typically just they, they can't put their competition away. Like yeah. they let their competition hang around, hang around, and the Lions eventually we'll get that back, back to last week. I thought the Dude. Lions were going to come back last week. I was like, they're up too much too soon. Uh, they're up 28 points, and there's I think it's still the first quarter. So um, there's still a chance the Lions could, you know, score a couple of touchdowns in the second quarter, get the ball back at half type of thing. But the Lions were just dead meat last week. Um, but Baltimore does always let teams come back in it. Yeah, and this is just that – this is that perfect spot for them, especially with Arizona, how bad they've played recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think this is a good spot, and I feel like a, a ton of the public is going to be on Baltimore. Yeah. Are, are you ready for Kyler's return? 
I am ready for Kyler's return. We were talking about this last week, but I'm like actually intrigued to to see him come back. Yeah, me too. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. So like I think he's going to play well. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be playing for his next team it's it seems um but uh I don't know. I don't know why you just give up on Kyler so soon. I mean, I get he's not a great with the body language. He's a short guy, but you just paid him, so you might as well just see it through for another year. And it's not like they had a good team around him. Yeah. No. Like not, that not that really. part of it I think gets lost. Like you can't just have like a quarter like a good quarterback and then like really nothing around him. Like weapons wise, he they really yeah. weren't doing him any favors. Yeah, D Hop. D Hop I was hurt a little bit, suspended. Yeah. Last they year, had last year they didn't have as many weapons because they didn't have Kirk and they Yeah. I was just gonna bring up Kirk lost him. He signed a fucking mega deal with the Jags and has looked great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has looked great, but I just think I, I I'm not I, no matter what we might have said about him last year, I'm still not ready to write Kyler off and just all the shit that's been thrown his way. I just think he's due for a bounce back. Yeah. Also, new Call of Duty coming out anytime soon. Will that interfere? Yeah, that might like, that might present some issues because <laughs> apparently the movement in Call of Duty is back, and this one's poised to to bring Call of Duty back to the promised land. Oh my God! Let's go, Kyler and. And the boys are so back. <laughs> All right, but we'll move on. We're going to mile high. Uh, KC's going to Denver. Uh, seven and a half point spread. Denver's plus 270, and the total's 46 and a half. You're on KC. Um, it kind of just seems like us and KC again this year. Um, we are head and shoulders above the rest of the teams as it stands through seven weeks of the season. Um, and you're, you're betting on K- Kansas City. Yeah, this just seems like a little bit of a um, of a smaller line in my mind. I don't know. It's just like Denver is so bad, and Kansas City obviously has had Denver's number for for years. But like the Chiefs have been have been rolling. They've looked kind of unstoppable up to this point. So it's just like when you're going up against a, a bad Denver team, um, seven and a half. It's just like I think that is still a good spot for Kansas City. I think once you get into that double digit range with Kansas City, it gets a little bit iffy. But them at seven and a half, I can't remember what the line was for their game two weeks ago. I want to say it was like nine and a half, right? I think it was eight and a half. I think it was I think it was eight and a half. They were because the Chiefs were winning by eight and then they kicked a field goal to cover. Yeah. It's like so, less than two minutes left. It was brutal. And now they'll be they'll be at this Denver this time around. Um, I just just buy or I was selling on the uh, selling on Denver. I just I, still like Kansas. I City. tried to guess the spread to this game, and I thought it was going to be eleven and a half. So um, that, that's what I was thinking yeah, too. I was I was writing them all down today. Um, all the games without the without seeing before seeing the spreads, guessing the spreads, and for this one, I guess KC eleven and a half. So I think I think you're right on the money with that pick. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we've seen this game a million times now and KC wins it every time. Um, it's just, I'm glad that we won't have to see this matchup again the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on to Sunday night football, Chicago playing, um, in LA. So another home game for Chicago, um, eight and a half point spread in favor of the chargers. They are favored by eight and a half. Wow. Um, Chicago's plus three fifty, and the totals 46 and a half. We're both on the same side here. We just can't quit them chargers. We just can't quit them. Can't quit the I, I don't, bolts. I don't, I don't, I do not mean to, to burst your bubble here, but I, I think you got it mixed up. I, I am not on the, uh, I'm not on the chargers. Oh, it's just me. <laughs> it's just you. All right. But you're not opposite. No, I'm not opposite. No pick in this game. Um, initially did like the Chargers, but them being eight and a half point favorites just gives me the heebie-jeebies. I just can't do it. Yeah, more so power to you. More last, power to last you. Last week I bet on them <laughs> plus five and a half, and I bet on their money line. I was like, oh, Chiefs are going to bring out the best in the Chargers. They're going to play up to their competition, this and that. Wrong. Chargers sucked. I mean, I b- didn't get to watch the second half of the game too much. I was down at the at the link um, in the parking lot, and uh, yeah, I I'm just I just can't quit them. Um, I think Tyson Badgett comes back to earth this week if he starts. I, I don't know what the latest on their QB, uh, it what their QB status is with Fields and his injury, but yeah, I like Herbert um, more than 
field or badgeant. So uh, I'm just going to roll with the Chargers here. Can't quit them. Yeah, and this will be a good game for the Chargers defense too, which has been True. just so bad. It's like <laughs> they you're need a warm up game. Yeah, you're getting that warm up game with the Bears offense, so that is in their favor. But uh, I love the Chargers here, but eight and a half just still a little too rich. I don't know how it's eight and a half. That <laughs> is way too much, way too much. But I'm taking it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, on to Monday Night Football. Um, we have. Las Vegas going to Detroit. Uh, Vegas is an eight and a half point road dog. They're plus three ten, and the total is forty five and a half. Neither of us have a take on this one, um, but Detroit is definitely on fraud watch. Yeah, and I don't know how to feel about Detroit. Obviously, this will be a, a good game to get a little bit of a better signal, but even not because Vegas just hasn't even really been anything to write home about. Even though they do have three wins on the season, but Still, um, similar to the the Chargers, eight and a half still does seem a little too high for me, based off what we saw, um, based off what we saw from the Lions last week. So I don't know if maybe it's like the the Montgomery problem, and he just really is maybe that much of a difference maker. Um, Gibbs honestly is just he's he's not the guy. He had a good week last week. He, gave, he got me 20 fantasy points. It happened. It finally happened. Last week, it happened. I've been waiting for it, and it happened. It was the Gibbs game to an extent. I mean, he had 20. It wasn't like he had 50, but yeah, well, he, he played well. Um, <laughs> that's like all I care about with these Detroit games. I'm just like completely zoned in on Jameer Gibbs because he was my fantasy sleeper for months and months, and I liked him more than Bijan. and Last week, definitely- last week, I was right. <laughs> I was right last week. <laughs> John didn't play, and Gibbs had a touchdown, and you know he played well. If if Gibbs didn't have a, a high scoring week in fantasy last week, I think you're probably like one week away from from getting in his DMs. Yeah, I might. It might. Um, I wouldn't go as far as they did with uh, Alexander Madison, where they were calling him <laughs> yeah, Rachel I not. But uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe a you know like a lighthearted death threat. Yeah, maybe it's like a subtle joke. Yeah, like a, yeah, very lighthearted. Uh, but or if like maybe like if you're gonna play this bad, like might as well tear your ACL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, lighthearted banter. Yeah, something light, something light. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think this is probably just a De- Detroit take care of business game. Will they cover eight and a half? Not really sure. Um, don't really know what to make of Vegas. They don't really have any identity at all. And it seems like McDaniel's is, is probably his last year in town, if not oh, getting yeah. fired midway through the season. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I guess that is uh, that's going to wrap us up for for this week. Any any final thoughts on the the week eight slate or anything NFL in general? Um. Won't be watching the uh, World Series, I'll tell you that much. Um, not even Game 2 when we're at the sports book. I'm not betting on it. I refuse. Um, but, yeah, not watching the World Series. Going to be watching Victor Wembanyama tonight. If you're listening to this yes, now, sir. it's last night. So sorry you missed out. Um, and then I'll be watching football all weekend as usual. And I'll be totally tuned in. Yeah, to, to wrap us up, we did have NBA kick off yesterday, but let me get your finals picks. Finals picks? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I got OKC Thunder <laughs> beating uh, beating the Atlanta Hawks. All right. I like that. That's uh, Hawks are a super team this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually put five grand on that exact future. So um, Nice. If, if it hits. Um, That's I like will, a million dollar future, I right? I will be a trillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Something like. So what you got uh Shy as MVP and Chet Rookie of the Year? Uh yeah, Shy MVP, Chet Rookie of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, nice. or actually Lou Dort, Defensive Player of the Year. Um Josh Giddy most improved. <laughs> and uh Jalen Williams from the Arkansas Jalen Williams as sixth man of the year. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully you'll be generous with the winnings on that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, that's it, but, uh, I guess. Um, hit me up if you want any college futures. <laughs> I got plenty of them. Um, so yeah, I'm giving out picks left and right. If you want to go down with the ship, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's going to wrap this up. So uh, <laughs> as always... We appreciate you guys listening um, and uh, tune in next week for a little bit of some more future talk. Pumps again to the sideline. Bat it up. Oh, God. Stokely down the-
broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. This is caught. Diggs, sideline, touchdown. Unbelievable. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs. And now Brown is off to the races. Hurdles, kicks him in, and a flag is thrown. One is, oh, there's a flag. Back to one-handed catch. How in the world? Oh, my goodness. What was the most exciting thing to happen tonight? I tell you what, that was a great call on your part. <laughs> that was a great call. And the game is over! The game is over! The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions! Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you!